listener production. US stocks find themselves in the doldrums following several sessions of volatility. And Aussie shares expected to rise on Wednesday following the Reserve Bank's latest meeting. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday the 7th of February. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. It's been a bit of a listless day, Tom. We've had company earning releases and, of course, that's had some influence over the market. But it's been a choppy trading session and we have seen the Dow Jones up by 39 points or 0.1%. But the S&P 500 index has dipped 0.1%. And the NASDAQ is the underperformer down by 56 points or 0.4%. And we have seen a $54 billion sale of US Treasuries. So we saw a three-year note sold and that came in at 4.169% into solid demand. And on the back of that, we have seen the 10-year Treasury down by eight basis points to 4.09%. And the two-year is also down by eight basis points to 4.39%. So that's providing some level of support for the share market today with those falling bond yields, although the tech sector, which normally benefits from that situation, today is down. All eyes now are on the next consumer price index out of the United States for guidance next Tuesday. We've really got a bit of a black hole when it comes to top-tier economic data for the next yeah, few days. Yeah, but we've really crossed the Rubicon on um, some important outcomes in the last fortnight, as you highlighted. We have, and we have heard from Fed speakers overnight, which, of course, do have an influence over the narrative and sentiment. Loretta Mester suggested that she's not in a rush to begin cutting rates, saying that policymakers will probably gain confidence to ease later this year if the economy evolves as expected. And Minneapolis President Neil Kashkari noted the central bank has not reached its goal. Certainly what we have seen is Jerome Powell push back market expectations for rate cut in March. We're now seeing markets gravitating towards May as the first month of rate cuts. There's about a 60% chance, according to futures markets at the moment, of a rate cut in May. And he's been successful at guiding markets that way. And today, a bunch of companies that no one's ever really heard of in Australia that are topping the charts when it comes to the S&P 500. So GE Healthcare Technologies has gained about 12% after the medtech firm posted better than expected fourth quarter earnings. But the important thing here is that it's driven the S&P 500 healthcare sector index to an all-time high. Uh, the organization that stood out for me last night was a group called Palantir. So they've been around for a while. They kind of made their name several years ago because they're a technology company that specialized in being able to help in relation to the terrorism uh, landscape and tracking different parties in, in that universe. And they made a lot of money with their government contracts, but they struggled for, for some time thereafter. And this quarter, um, they have significantly bettered expectations. Their revenue was up by 20% in the last year, a little more pallid in the quarterly outcome, up by 9% compared to the same quarter uh, a couple of months ago. But private sector revenue um, was probably the thing that stood out most here because they had sort of calibrated their business towards the government, but their private sector revenue was up by 70%. And that saw the shares soar, uh, was a factor pushing the shares up by almost 30%, right? And that's, that's how you make money, <laughs> getting onto something like that. Certainly is. Spotify technology, the music streaming company, its shares popped 6% after the firm's price increase and cost-cutting measures helped it narrow losses in the fourth quarter. The number of paid premium subscribers also rose 15% to 236 million in the quarter. 
beating fact-set consensus. That's eye-watering, isn't it? It's, 236 million people with that premium subscription. It's just, uh, they're staggering numbers to consider. Importantly, what we are seeing at the moment is a continuation of this theme around share buybacks that I mentioned the other day, which looks to support the market this year. BP, for example, overnight announced a $3.5 billion share buyback plan, and also UBS announced a $1 billion US share buyback plan as well. So we're seeing a continuation of that theme, and BP shares in Europe were up 5.5% after reporting better than expected fourth quarter earnings. And we did see that support energy shares in particular, which charged up 2% with all prices lifting. And we saw better performance in Europe versus the US overnight with the FTSE Euro First 300 index up 0.6%, the UK FTSE 100 index up 0.9%, and the German DAX index up 0.8%. There was also some economic data out of Germany, which was encouraging Tom for the first time in a long time. Yeah, factory orders up 9% in December. And that's the biggest lift on a monthly basis in more than three years. And that's on the back of a big pickup in the number of aircraft orders. Yeah, I think, again, as I mentioned a moment ago, the fact that you've seen such a significant readjustment in interest rate expectations in the last week, for stocks to be holding up the way they are, it is a reasonably healthy looking picture at the moment. It is encouraging. Now, turning our attention to commodities, we've seen a continuation of a lift in oil prices. The US oil NYMEX price is up 0.4% to 73 US dollars a barrel, supported somewhat by those tensions in the Middle East and anticipation of tighter supply later in February as well. We've got the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, currently in Cairo at the moment in Egypt. And he's meeting with the Egyptian president there, trying to arrange a ceasefire in Gaza. Good luck with that. Uh, but certainly we have seen a continuation of the US bombardment of Houthi rebels in Yemen. And we did see the rebels target a merchant ship overnight as well. Now, Tom, the Gulf futures price is up by 0.4% to 2051.40 US dollars an ounce on the back of those falling US bond yields and a weaker US dollar. The thing that stood out for me, though, last night was the fall in the iron ore price down 1.2% to 127.39 US dollars a tonne. That's the lowest level since November. Indeed. Uh, let's just quickly reflect on our own experience uh, in the context of what happened yesterday with the RBA. So as widely expected, um, they left rates on hold. But the uh, innovation was that uh, the RBA governor, Ms. Bullock, presented itself at a press conference. And, you know, Ryan, I actually felt like this was a meaningful step forward. Uh, just forget about you know all the economic stuff that we tend to unpick uh, at a microscopic level, but just the way that Ms. Bullock presented herself, to me it felt like it was a, an evolution of things. What stood out for me was Michelle Bullock was earnest and also plain speaking. And of course, that's a bit of a contrast to the previous governor who was a bit more academic in terms of how he communicated to not only to the market, but more importantly, to the public. And what she was trying to emphasize yesterday is that inflation remains too high and it's a big impost, particularly on low and middle income earners. And she wants to see the back of inflation, the scourge of inflation before they look to cut interest rates. And she did emphasize in the press conference that we haven't ruled anything out and we haven't ruled anything in. We need to be driven by the data and we judge the risk to be fairly balanced. And she talked about the uncertainty around the Australian economy, the highly uncertain outlook 
five times in her policy statement. So it seems to me as though the Reserve Bank, of course, has continued to have its hiking bias, and that's been retained. And certainly uh, they did tinker with some of the commentary around that. But we think that they're going to retain that just to emphasise to not only the public, but the politicians, that we need to get inflation down and now's not the time to give up on the inflation fight. And of course, we've got the latest economic forecasts. And if you look at the trim mean or the core measure of inflation, which is what the Reserve Bank targets, they're not likely to get to the midpoint of their 2 to 3% target range until mid-2026. And if you look at this year, they're not likely to get anywhere near that midpoint. They're likely to get to 3.1%, which is just slightly above the top of the range there by the end of this year. So I don't think they're in a hurry to cut interest rates. Markets are now pricing in an interest rate cut in September, which aligns with the Commonwealth Bank's view. We have three rate cuts penciled in for the year end, but the markets are pricing in 40 basis points at this stage. Yeah, it's uh, the, the risk is that as we move through this year, that the horizon for rate cuts uh, is pushed out and that the cuts become smaller. That That is the risk that you have to um, think about, and that's part of the reason why we have seen volatility to the extent that we have in the last couple of days. And the Aussie dollar on the back of that overnight, we have seen the bit of a weakening in the US dollar. The Aussie dollar is up about 0.3% to 65.03 US cents. It's currently trading at 65.16 cents. We did see it get to a two and a half month low yesterday, of 64.69 US cents. Indeed. So thank you very much for your company this morning. Hope you have a satisfying day and we look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.